This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. Well, good evening. <clears throat> it's a real pleasure. This is my first opportunity to preach around the world. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message that you've given to me. I thank you that you are going to help people with this message to break through in their thought life so they can go after what God has for them, that they can become free from issues that are having them in shackles and bondage, or simply that they can just simply go ahead and have the abundant life that you promise in your word. So we thank you, Lord. Well, tonight's message kind of ties um, with Steve's messages many times where he says, well, you need to go to the Holy Spirit. You need to spend time with him, listen to him, talk to him, and find out what God has for you, okay? So this is kind of going to be going that down that direction because there are hindrances to that. When, yeah, just go, go find out what it is and go do it, and it'll be like some of them, Maybe like me telling them to take that piano, put it on your back, and take it out to the parking lot. They're clueless. They're afraid. They have no idea what God might have for them. Okay? So we need to be aware of that, that there are people who are stuck who are hindered. And when I say about your calling, your purpose, uh, your vocation, whatever that might be, okay, that's what it needs to be. About 10% of the people in church maybe actually have a church job. So that, rema- that remains then the rest of all these people who have a calling on their life and maybe they're confused and think it needs to be a church job. <clears throat> That's not the case at all. If you're called to be a nurse, a teacher, a lawyer, um, if you're called to be a composer, whatever it is, a plumber, that's what God has for you. Now it may change throughout your life. But God has things. Maybe you're an entrepreneur, but maybe you're stuck. I want you to believe that God has something for you and it's not necessarily a church job, okay? So the first part of this is simply being aware. We have to have an awareness. If you don't know that you have a problem in your life, you'll never fix it, and you'll stay stuck there until you finally decide there's something wrong here, okay? And you'll stay right where you're at year after year after year, if you don't understand this, that God has a calling for you, but you don't know what it is. Oh, I'm going to slow down, aren't I? I'm really sorry up there. All right. (laughs) All right, so that's the problem, okay? We get stuck. And it's going to do an exercise right now that really kind of shows the problem and where it begins. So I want you and everyone out there in YouTube land, online, whatever you want to call it, I want everyone here just to close your eyes, just for a little bit, okay? Now, I want you to think about a really good day. Maybe it was the day you got a job. Maybe it was the day you graduated from high school. Holy Spirit, bring a great memory to these people who are focusing on this right now. What happened in that memory? Who was there? What did they say? What are the emotions that you're feeling right now, okay? Generally, when you have a good day, when you have a good memory, those feelings are like, wow, 
You feel stronger. You feel happy. Things are joyful. It's like, yeah, this is great. Okay, so remember those emotions. Because we're going to do a little contrast now. So now <clears throat> we're going to go to the dark side. Okay, I want you to close your eyes again. Now I want you to go to a bad day. Go to a bad memory. What was happening? Maybe, maybe someone died. Maybe you were in a car accident. Maybe you came down with COVID. Could be all sorts of things. What were the emotions of that day? What were people saying? What were they doing? And how are you feeling right now when you're reliving these things? Okay? <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> I want you to open your eyes now. All right? Now, let's look at that contrast. If you had a good memory, a good day, it was a joyful time. At least I do that. I've got a little, <clears throat> little memento on my desk. My mother gave it to me. She's dead now. But every time I look at that, I think of her. And I always have joy. It's just like, there it is. Grab that baby. Yeah. And I feel good. Okay? So the contrast <clears throat> that you had from the good day and the bad day. And what was the common denominator? Well, there's an acronym. It's like a cup of tea. T-E-A. What does the T stand for? Thoughts. E stands for emotions. And A stands for actions. And it's a formula. And it works every day in our lives with every person on planet Earth. Okay? If you have bad thoughts, that leads to negative emotions. And those negative emotions then lead you to actions. And since we're focusing on the negative, we're going to be looking at negative actions, okay? Because the problem is not necessarily with the negative actions. The problem is at the very beginning with our thought life, okay? Now, if we look at thoughts, other names for thoughts can be daydreaming, musing, pondering, questioning, reasoning, remembering, emotions, feelings, Anger, sadness, loneliness, grief, depression, rejection, abandonment, hurt, shame, fear. I mean, it's quite a list. But that's what happens when we have bad thoughts. That leads us to negative emotions. And when you let your body receive all the chemicals, cortisol and all sorts of things from negative thinking, from lies that you believe, it brings the negative emotions which brings us to these actions. And what are those actions? Well, some people call them coping skills. <laughs> some people call them addictions. You could be distracting. Okay, I'm going to go to social media. I had a really bad day, and I'm just going to chill out and be on Facebook for three hours. Well, after that, I, I don't think about those bad thoughts anymore. But it doesn't change the situation. Acting out, numbing, medicating, hurting someone else, cutting yourself, sabotaging yourself, ultimately suicide. That's how bad things can get. So that's that formula, chain reaction, if you want to look at it that way. You have thoughts, leads to your, to your emotions, lead to your actions, okay? So that's the formula. It's important to know because, see, the actions, the acting out, and let's just say out is say, I've got an addiction to, when I get stressed out, I, I drink a 12-pack of Mountain Dew every day. Uh, it's not really healthy, but it gives me a jolt, it gives me energy, and suddenly I'm feeling a little better. Um, but whatever the addiction is, okay, that's not really the problem. That may sound counterintuitive to a lot of people. Well, that is the problem. I'm doing meth, 
I'm looking at porn. I've run up three credit cards. I maxed it out because I'm doing retail therapy. What do you mean it's not a problem? Well, that causes problems, okay? The real problem is at the very beginning, where your thoughts are, okay? So, ah, why am I going all of this? Because you need to know your calling. And you need to realize that formula takes you into the negative actions. But you have to reverse. You've got to look at, okay, I'm doing this. What was the emotion just prior to that? Okay, what was I thinking just prior to that? Now you're getting somewhere. Now you're getting to the source of that problem, okay? And when you have thoughts and negative thoughts, they hold you back. If you cannot see yourself doing something, whatever it is, whether it's preaching a sermon, whether it's designing something, creating, composing music, being a nurse, oh, I, I, I can't do that, I can't, I know I'm not smart enough, whatever. Those are the things that keep holding you back, okay? So you've got to drill down. You've got to work backwards on that. So that's the, the first part of this message is awareness. You've got to be aware that the problem really is the beginning of our thought life. And a lot of times those thoughts, those lies, those negative thinking things have gotten locked into your system way, way long ago, probably in childhood, okay? And we're going to deal with that as well. So the second part has to do with guarding or protecting, okay? Proverbs 4.23 has just an incredible scripture there. It says, guard your minds because, they, because everything you do flows from it. You start thinking about that. Guarding, protecting your mind, your thought life. Do we do that? Okay? Everything you do flows from it. Everything you ever learned. You learn from someone else somewhere growing up, okay? And everything you do flows from it. The negative, the good, the bad, the ugly. You think about protection, like myself, okay, I've got family, so what do I have? I've got home insurance. I've got car insurance. I've got life insurance. I've got all these insurances. I've got malware and spy protection on my computer. And I protect, who am I trying to protect? My loved ones and my possessions. And we do that. And then you expand that to the local government or to the state government or to the federal government. We have militias. We've got armies. We've got space force. We've got cyber attack units. We, we do all this stuff to protect our nation and our way of life. And so protecting and guarding it, we, we are used to that. But do we really guard our mind? I mean, do you really inspect, scan thoughts that come in? Guard your mind because everything you do flows from it, okay? Proverbs 18.21 says, life and death is in the tongue. And you can speak these things out. And they can really hold you back from whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Or maybe you've already given up. I just can't beat this. I, I believe this stuff about myself and I just, I just give up. I just come to church, sing songs, go home and live this life that I really want it to be better, but it isn't, okay? So do we guard our minds? Our thought life is extremely important. Scripture says everything you do flows from it. You gotta remember thoughts, emotions, actions. They lead to one another. And what you hear in your mind doesn't necessarily originate with you, 
Okay? The strategy of the enemy is to get you to believe that what you hear, maybe from him, is from yourself or God. Satan whispers lies, and you receive these negative thoughts, these lies, and they get you to believe that maybe it's from you or maybe it's from God. Okay? So I'm going to demonstrate that just a little bit. My friend Sean's going to come up here, and suddenly I realize the microphone. Oh, there's the microphone. So Sean is going to be, you can just be on that side over there. Over there. Hi. So this is the doorway to my mind. And hopefully the camera can see this, okay? My friend Sean gets to play Satan. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> All right? And here I am. I'm at work. You're at work. Or maybe you're wherever. Maybe you're at home, okay? But I'm doing my thing, and I'm having a rough day, and I just start having some thoughts. And Satan's right there to speak them out. There's no way I could get that position. Why apply? Why should I apply? I'll never get that job. I'll never get that position. My uncle was right. I am stupid. Wow. He, I, I remember that day when I did that stupid thing. And my uncle said I, I was just an idiot. I failed when I was young. I'm not better now. I haven't made any progress. I'm stuck. I'm never going to be successful in life. You really heard God's whisper? <laughs> Why would God listen to me? I talk to him, but I don't know if I really hear him. I really don't think he speaks to me. I don't, I don't think God really loves me. And you may think that well, that's kind of crazy, but that's what Jesus did. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus had, after he was baptized, and Satan came in to him and tested him in the wilderness for 40 days after he'd been fasting, and he tested him with lies. He questioned his identity that if you were the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. And he was probably hungry after 40 days. You see, that's the enemy's strategy. It's real. This little thing we did here, this demonstration, is real. It happens every day in people's lives, okay? So, is there a filter? Do you really guard your mind? Do you screen your thoughts? Because thoughts lead to emotions, and emotions lead to actions, and you're in the bad stuff. And God wants to set you free. Okay? So, that's really important to know awareness. Know, really important to know we have to guard our thoughts and we've got to be vigilant. We have to war against these things. But it's also important to know how the heck did we even get here? <laughs> All right? Uh, what are the origins? What are the origins of us being blocked from the calling of God, from breaking the shackles off? from addictions. What, what is that? What are the, how did that happen where all this got started? The negative thoughts and lies. How do we get so blocked? When we, were when we were young, we learn everything from our parents, from authority figures. Maybe some parents 
around the neighborhood. We learn all these things, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when you are little, you do not have the capacity to understand, to think things through in a mature way. Okay? So how do we get there? <sighs> Family, or the lack thereof. Okay? Family, lack of family, authority figures. What happens in families that really cause trauma, that really uh, cause people to believe lies about themselves, that they're no good, that they never will be any good, okay? Um, let's look at divorce or a death. Say mom or dad dies in a car accident or dad just doesn't know how to be a father and he's working his butt off with two jobs and he's just not absent. What happens when you're orphaned? What do you believe about yourself? Okay. You come with things, different lies, uh, and they conclude that you're neglected, that you're rejected, that you're abandoned. Okay. And when those things happen, what do you believe? Well, I don't know why dad divorced mommy. Maybe if I was just a little better little boy, maybe that never would have happened. There was just something wrong with me. I don't know why daddy gets so angry and hits me. If I was just a little better, maybe I wouldn't get beat up. Maybe I wouldn't get slapped. Maybe he wouldn't call me names. Maybe he wouldn't swear at me. Or maybe it was mommy. Okay? That's what happens in family. What about trauma? What about abuse? Physical abuse. Emotional abuse. Verbal abuse. Sexual abuse. These things cause trauma. And they fracture people in their lives. And because of all that, we believe certain things because we're little. We don't have the capacity to understand. We don't have the capacity to figure it out. All we know is all this bad stuff is happening in our lives, and we somehow, as a little person, conclude, or maybe they tell us that, this is your fault because your mother left. I mean, it can go a whole bunch of different ways, okay? All of these things affect us. Little children personalize this stuff. Conclusion, there's something wrong with me. I must be bad or no good or some other lie. Okay? And it's right here in our midst. Okay? It's right out there. This stuff goes on. If you look at um, you know, the divorce rate, stats say maybe 30 to 50%. Uh, sexual abuse, about 18% or maybe higher, I've got conservative figures here, are raped in their lifetime. Um, men molested, raped in their lifetime, less. But that causes fracturing, okay? Let me tell you a, a true story of how deeply this is, and it's here in our church family, and it's certainly out there as well. A year ago, a little more than a year ago, Steve was teaching on the Holy Spirit. And that evening... Um, we were to break up into small groups. And so I was in a, a small group of four people right here. And I'm sitting here. There's a lady to my left, a man to my right, a lady to my right here, or a man right across from me. And it came around to my turn to give this word to the lady on my left, and I'm going to call her Rapunzel. Okay, so no one's called Rapunzel here, so we don't have to worry about it. But I got a really hard word, a hard word to give. And it was my turn, and it was like, oh, Lord. And I looked at her, and I said, Rapunzel, 
I've got a word for you, but I said it's really hard for me to give it to you. It's really, really hard. And Rapunzel, the lie, or what God gave me to you is that, Rapunzel, you believe a lot of lies. Okay? You believe a lot of lies. And those lies that you believe are hurting your family and loved ones, those relationships. It's hurting that. And also your relationship with God. Okay? So you believe lies, and it's messing all this stuff up. And the reason you have these lies, because you found yourself in abusive situations when you were a little girl. And, but redemption. And I said to Rapunzel, I said, God loves you, and he's got a plan. He wouldn't give me this word without having some sort of redemption for you. And that redemption is he's going to bring healing to you and to your life and your relationships with your family, with your loved ones, and with God. And then I, you know, I was done. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I hope, I hope this isn't true, but I hope that, you know, all that stuff that goes through your head when you're giving a hard word to someone. And she looks at me and goes, you're spot on. And I was glad I was right, but I was also sad that I was right. And then, you see, that just opened the door. The man across here, he said, my wife was sexually abused. The lady to my right, she said, I was sexually abused. My wife, my wife is sexually abused. Fractures people. They believe terrible things about themselves. And in this situation, it was all men raping or molesting women. And when you're a woman and you're molested, okay, and, and Jesus was a man, then how do you have right thinking about Jesus. I, mean, I, was, I, was, I remember helping one man doing some theophostics, and one of the biggest lies he had overcome was, is Jesus going to molest me? <sighs> okay, so it's here, and we can't just poo-poo it. We can't just sweep it under the rug. We can't ignore this stuff in people's lives. But those things cause lies to, you know, to them that they believe. And then it's destructive in relationships and things get passed down through the generations, okay? So, <laughs> I know I've given you a whole bunch of really heavy stuff here. Now we're going to get to some stuff that we're going to turn the corner and look at ways to redeem all this bad stuff, okay? So, uh, the next part here is the process of overcoming and stepping into what God has for you. And that may just be, you know, breaking some bondages off working on addictions, having more abundant life, or just your calling, your destiny. Because if you follow that formula, it can block you. And that's the whole point of this, is to get set free so we can do that. So it's not a cookie-cutter formula. We're all individual. We're all different with different makeups, strengths, gifts, weaknesses. And these are kind of principles that you can kind of custom for yourself. But the first thing that we talked about earlier was that formula, T-E-A, Thoughts lead to emotions, and then the emotions leads to the actions, which are addictions and, and all of that. So you've got to drill down. You've got to back up. Okay, so I'm doing my 12-pack here of Mountain Dew. I know that's bad for me. Okay, what, what were the emotions just prior to this? Okay, and what was I thinking? The bad thoughts, the lies that caused me to have these emotions, which caused a chain reaction. So... When you, and this is again guarding your thoughts and scanning your thoughts, all right, now I'm going to back, go backtrack, okay? 
I'm going to reverse engineer and figure out what the heck is going on and what are the thoughts that I'm thinking that's causing all that, okay? So guard your mind is the next point. Guard your mind because everything you do flows from it. And here's an important thing here. You know, you can't erase a thought. I mean, if I tell you there's a pink elephant over there with a yellow tutu on, um, and then I tell you, don't think about that, you're still kind of thinking about that. So you can't just erase a thought. You have to replace it. Um, and that's where renewing your mind comes in. 2 Corinthians, uh, again, with guarding your mind, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take every thought captive, guard it. Just as we had the doorway to my mind here, and Sean came up and started whispering lies, okay? Wait a second. What, what is that? Where did that come from? You have to scan. You have to have this filter that you put this stuff through, and you have to, because it's, it's ingrained in us many times. It's just a habit. It just, it's instantaneous. And you've got to slow the process down so that you can guard your mind. Take every thought captive. Not all thoughts are yours. Just as Satan came up and whispered lies, sometimes it's God, sometimes it's me, and sometimes it's the enemy. But sometimes we've done this so long that the enemy isn't even around. We're, we're on automatic patrol here, just, you know, going down the road like we've always gone down the road. So guard your mind. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only is what is helpful for building others up according to the needs, that it may benefit those who listen. What comes out of our mouth? We may not say it actually verbally, but in our mind, we're speaking. Is it building us up or is it tearing us down? Okay? You want to do things that you know, are you know, helping you uh, build yourself up. You know, now, now we move on to Renewing your mind. Proverbs 23, 7 says, A man thinks in his heart, so is he. What are those thoughts? Again, you've got to scan them. You've got to filter them. You've got to reject them. You have to war against them. Romans 12, 2 says, We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, one of the ways to renew your mind is through Scripture, but you don't have to get all caught up. If you can find a phrase, if you can find some sort of slogan, Whatever truth is to you, because truth sets you free. And it doesn't have to be scriptures, okay? Scriptures are truth. They will help set you free. But don't get so caught up in that and become legalistic that you have to say, oh, it just has to be, you know, a scripture. No, don't, don't go there, okay? So you have to combat with the word of God. There's no temptation that sees you except what is common to man. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except, except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about the actions okay, that we call, ball, you know, we, we call those the, the great sins, the addictions or, or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being tempted to believe a lie. That's the temptation that Adam and Eve had. That's the temptation that Christ had in the wilderness. Tempted to believe a lie. But God will give you a way out. And that way out is called repentance. Repentance simply means thinking differently. Thinking correct thoughts. 
And because now you're thinking good thoughts, that chain reaction, TEA, good thoughts, good emotions, good actions. Okay? So repentance means to think differently. You've got to reverse engineer that formula. You've got to war against them. You have to guard your mind. But it isn't just words. Maybe you're an artist, okay? Or maybe you're a musician, okay? You can draw a picture that shows you being victorious or shows you being, I don't know, whatever is your calling. It's you with a sword or a spear or maybe your foot on Satan or whatever. And if you're an artist, you can draw that. Maybe you have a painting. That could also not only be for you, but for someone else out there, okay? I mean, how many songs have you heard on the radio that just grip you at times? And it's just like, whoa, that was the perfect song for me and lifts you out of the dumps, okay? So don't just think it has to be scriptures or words. It can be that. It can be a song. It can be a picture. You can be an artist, draw that. And again, it may not just be for you. It can be for someone else that will build you up. Okay, so maybe you're thinking, well, John, that's great, but I've, for the most part, got my life together. <laughs> I don't really have. I'm 50-something, I'm and I've been saved for so long, and da-da-da-da-da, and I don't really have a lot of lives. What do you got for me? Okay, I'm glad you asked. What I have for you is this phrase here. Now, and this applies not only to the individual, but also to a marriage, to a family, to a church, to a business, to a government. And here's this phrase that business consultants um, tell the people. It says, your system, okay, your system, your thinking, is perfectly designed to yield the results you are getting. I mean, you start pondering that. Oh, we've got a system, and yeah, we designed it. And it's, it's our problem. I don't like the results. <laughs> These results stink. But we designed this. Oh, maybe we, what, we need to figure out what our stinking thinking was. Maybe we didn't have all the information. Okay? So I just love that phrase. Your system is perfectly designed to yield the results you are getting. You want to get different results? Start thinking differently. Okay? And that will help you out tremendously. Next one, again, we're on, you know, the process, things that we can do that can change our thought life. And one of the most important things is to get to know who you are and who God is, okay? Talk to people. Talk to people who you trust, people who know you, and say, what do you see in me? What giftings? Be honest. What do you see in me? That helps, especially when... Um, it's a person in authority or someone who's older than you, but you know they, they got your back, they're pulling for you, ask them what they see in you. What do they think about you? Another thing is really to know yourself. Okay, Myers-Briggs. Anybody familiar with Myers-Briggs? Okay, I'm an ISTJ. Introverted, sensing, thinking, judging, and I like it. <laughs> I like me, okay? That's who I am, and because I know that, it helps me in interactions in relationships with other people. But it's knowing who I am, okay? There's the love languages. Does anyone here know their love language? Okay, we got a few people. Love language, look it up. There's five of them. 
physical touch, quality time together, acts of service, words of affirmation, receiving gifts. These are all different ways that people are loved. It's like, oh, I, my, one of my love languages is touch. I want to snuggle with my honey. I want to hold hands. I just love being held and touched. So the whole point of that is, I don't want anyone to come up here and hug me right now. Um, but the point is, if you can find out your love language, you find out part of who you are. And that's crucial. Because once you start knowing who you are, you start seeing the design that God put into you, and you start realizing, oh, maybe this is the direction God's got for me. And there's career assessments. You can find these things online. I think there's one called Strong Church or something like that. And it takes you through an assessment of what your skills are. And all of a sudden, when you do that, oh, well, here I was in sales. I'm not doing good at sales. I was supposed to be an accountant. So when you know these things about yourself, and people can feed into that and give you good input, then, then you start knowing about yourself. You start knowing the truth about who you are and how God designed you and possibly what he has for you. Okay? But the most important of things of all of this is really right now, all of us here, all of us online, are to have a personal, conversational, experiential, interactive relationship with God. And that takes time. And that means you close the door, you turn off the electronics, you hang out with God, maybe you read some scriptures, but you start asking him and start talking to him. And you say, what'd you make me for? You know, what did you make me for? Show me the design. Because... You made me. There's a blueprint in heaven. This is what I should be flowing in. Show me what that is. So these are just you know, some of the things that we can do to just build that process to help us get free from the lies. Uh, sometimes we just need a change of environment. If you're hanging around people who are negative, who put you down, who call you names, give you labels, you need to change that. Ask God, how do I Get rid of this. Lord, give me friends. Give me new friends. There's a scripture somewhere in the Psalms that says, God places the lonely in families. If you need to have a change of environment to get away from the negativity from people who are holding you back, it may be hard to do, but at some point you may just have to do that. That obviously between you and God. Now further help. Um, I mean, well, far as change of environment, Abraham had a change, right? Get out of one part of the country here and, and move to another one. Um, Abraham, or Abram became Abraham. Saul, who became Paul, he had to leave. Sometimes he had to run for his life. Oh, man, I cannot imagine being Paul. <clears throat> so sometimes you need to say to bad relationships, goodbye. Now, further help, counseling. But unfortunately, a lot of counseling, people are afraid to do it because there's a stigma somehow is attached, and the enemy has just gotten in there and brought lies about that. Now, I'm not a car guy. You know, I hear Steve, Sean, talk about motorcycles and engines and things, and I'm like, they might as well be talking Chinese to me. I, I'm not a car guy, okay? Um, but if I have a problem with my car, I go to Sean. And if he says, oh, it might help you, but probably not and go to the mechanic, and I don't think anything negatively about going to a car mechanic. 
If I go to the dentist and he tells me you got a cavity, we're going to fill it, okay. You know, I'm trusting him. But I don't go, oh, oh man, I got a cavity? I hope no one finds out. I mean, isn't that ridiculous? But that's what we do with counseling. And the enemy has gotten in there and caused shame. Oh, you know, I've got, I drink a 12-pack of Mountain Dew every day. Oh, the shame of it all. And it's really insane when we think about it that way, but yet people do it. I see it when I'm up here during the ministry time, I'm a, you know, praying for people. I hardly get anyone up there to pray. As I look around and not many people come forward at times. Maybe they just get tired, maybe they aren't getting answered as prayer. Or maybe there's a stigma like, well, someone's going to see me coming up here and what are they going to think about me? And that's just a lie from the enemy. If you need help, ask for it. Get it. Business consulting. When I was working for a construction company down, home builder down the way down here, every year we had a, a business consultant come in. And, you know, that whole thing about, you know, oh, the system you've got, it's perfectly designed to give you the results. <laughs> but we, we never looked at it like, oh, you know, we're getting consulting here. There's never any shame about it. Sports consulting. The guy who, you know, doinks the football off the, uh, what do you call it? Goalpost. Um, it goes doink, and the game's over. They don't go to the Super Bowl. Trust me, they spend a lot of money on psychologists who come in and help these people fight that because you've got to get over it because there's next year, the next game. We're going to need you then. You need to start believing in yourself. You can't stay down in the dumps. But if you are going to get some counseling, going to get that further help, there's a scripture in Galatians chapter 6, 1 through 2 that really is important. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, and that's the NIV, and I hate that version, because if someone's caught in a sin, there's too many churches out there with the, the Bible police, with the church police. And you go to them and say, hey, I'm struggling with you know, my 12-pack of this or that. And they go, what? Well, you just need to get your act together. You just need to quote scripture. Get your act together. If you see that person, slap them. Okay? Get away from those people. Okay? A better interpretation, brothers, if someone is not caught, it's more like stuck. It's like if you step into a bear trap, it really hurts. You're going to need help getting out of that sucker. Okay? So if someone is stuck in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore them. It doesn't say you who are legalistic. It doesn't say you who are, you know, um, religion, uh, religious. No. No, you need to go to someone who's spiritual. And they should restore them gently. Not hard. Not harsh. They may be coming to you or someone else, and they're really afraid. What are they going to think to me? Are they going to treat me okay? Is this person safe? Are they going to help restore me? Because we need to do it gently. People are wounded. And if someone comes to you, they're risking. And so we have to be really gentle about it. So watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Okay? So if you're looking for a counselor, if you're looking for someone to help you, in this endeavor to get free from the shackles, to have the abundant life, to find out what God has for you and go for it, and you're looking for a counselor, here's the qualifications. 
Are they gentle? Are they compassionate? Do they care about me? Do they spend time with me? It's extremely important. Because if you get a bad counselor, you may just say goodbye to church. You may say goodbye to counseling. The heck with all you guys. I don't need this stuff. Okay? All right. Um, one more thing. Theophostics or sozos. There are these different types of kind of Holy Ghost operations. Okay? It's a Holy Spirit prayer-led ministry that brings healing to the inner man of someone who's had trauma in their life. I've been doing this stuff for 20 years, and most of it's been spent on me. But I've also helped uh, lots of other people as well. And um, in, well, we also have CR. So that's another area um, that we got Sue Ellen and Rich in Celebrate Recovery. That's another area that you can go to, and you can receive help from them. Uh, it's my understanding that Sue Ellen is getting certified in SOZO. So at some point, down the line, if you need someone else to take it a little further, because this really gets deep. It really gets into the things that the Holy Spirit does, and it's not conventional counseling at all. Just a, a four-step thing for, for theophostic, which I do, is the presenting problem. So I come in, and I say, oh, I'm addicted. I'm drinking you know, uh, my 12-pack over here every day. That's what's the problem, and that's, no, that's not the problem, that's the fruit, that's just the symptom, okay? So what is the next thing? Well, you'll have the Holy Spirit actually take you back to a memory where this whole thing got started. Just as we do the, the, the thing going back from actions to emotions to thought, it's the same thing here, but now we're going back to the very bedrock of some lies and some misunderstandings that we have. So Jesus will take you back to a memory, and I'm going to give you some examples here in a minute. And within that memory, there are lies, there are negative thoughts, there's memory of trauma, and all of that right there. And there it's really, really raw in that memory. But we tell people, okay, it, it's going to be really painful. It's like heart surgery, but it's better than being numb for the next 20 years. So now... We've figured out what's in there through the Holy Spirit. We've figured out the lie. We've, we've seen how Dad beat me up or you know, yelled at me or raped me or whatever did, put me down, insulted me. And little kid, I don't understand what's going on, so I just believe I'm ter a terrible person. We ask Jesus to literally come into that memory and speak the truth that will set the person free. I'm just going to give you a couple examples here. There was a lady I was working with. She was in her middle to late 50s, okay? And uh, God took her back to a memory. She was a young teenager, and she was camping in the mountains with her family and another family. And the teenage boy from this family came over to the tent at midnight or whatever. It was a tent without a bottom, so they were, you know, he could reach underneath there, and he molested her. And then the next night, he tried to do the same thing, and she beat on him and pushed him away. Okay? The lie in that memory was that men will molest you. And the only way to be safe from men is to push them away. And here you have a lady who battled that for 40 years who was never married. God brought truth to her, started setting her free, and then he... He brought memories of guys, good guys, that he sent to her to be a possible husband. But no, men 
will, you know, they'll abuse you, they'll molest you. you. The only way, I just have to push them away. So you see one instant, one lie bound up for 40 years. And then she started getting free. This is what our God does. Okay, another one, another lady. <clears throat> this is a sad story too. Um, we were doing the session and God took her back to a memory. And she went to her mother. She was a young girl. She went to her mom and she was looking for love, compassion, you know, all of that. She's looking at, Mom, please, I cry her heart, Mom, please love me. And instead, her mother slapped her so hard that she knocked her to the ground. And she said, John, I went to my mom to get love. And all I ever got was abuse. Whew. Now the rest of the story. She's married four times. Let me read Isaiah, Isaiah 5.20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. See, I went to my mom to get love and I got abuse. Woe unto those who say good is evil and evil is good. When you get love, in this case, confused over here with abuse, woe unto you. You see, abuse for her was love. Can you imagine that? Here's the proof. She married four times. All four times she married abusive men. Looking for love, but finding abuse. And that's what became abuse. And in both these instances, since <clears throat> they're dealing with men and Jesus was a man and we got God the Father, now what do you do with all that? And God is love. Oh, is God abuse? You see how twisted, how sick this stuff can happen and how Satan can get in there. How do you have a relationship with Jesus when you think that he might molest you or he might be abusive to you? So these are really dramatic ones. I'll tell you one for another. Uh, I went to a church in Boulder. <clears throat> I took two ladies I had trained. And we went there to kind of give a demo of how theophostics worked. And so I, I went with the men, and the other two gals I trained went with a group of women, and we actually did this stuff. And there was a young man there, and this was really cool. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew his calling in life. He was supposed to start a business, but he was afraid it's all get out, and he couldn't do it. And so we had him say, Lord Jesus, go back, take him back to a memory. And we did. He went back to a memory and to a couple of them. And God started speaking truth to the lies. And when he was done that evening, he stood up and told his testimony, I can start this business. And I, I tested him on it numerous times. He said, no, I can really do it now. All because lies were taken away. Lies were destroyed, and the truth came forward and set him free. Now, I haven't talked to him since that time, but I have no reason to doubt it. Why would he say it? He was saying originally he couldn't. Why would he suddenly change? Okay? So these are just things um, that I've listed a whole bunch of things, and you may have to go back and review them to get all these different things that you can do. But God loves you. God wants to destroy lies that hold you back from his calling. Let me just read here Romans 8, 19. 
The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. See, God and all of us are waiting for all of you to go after what you've got, to figure out the hindrances that are there, the negative thoughts, the lies that you believe. Get those transformed because all of creation is eagerly waiting for you to go after it and to be successful. And you don't believe that one? Okay, we got another one. Matthew 25, 23. This is the, uh, the parable of talents. You know, the first two guys get some stuff, they double it, and the third guy, you know, he screws around and, you know, doesn't do anything with it. And uh, this is what the Lord says to the successful ones, okay? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Now listen to this. Come and share your master's happiness. And why is he happy? He's happy because his servants were successful. His servants took the gifts and the talents that God had given them and they went forward and they were successful. And God says, I love that. Let's celebrate that. This makes me so happy and I want you to be happy because I'm happy. All right? And my last one. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge, okay? And I hope that whether all around the world or just people here, um, hopefully, I know it crammed a lot in here, <laughs> but hopefully I have imparted some knowledge, some insight, some understanding, some truth that you now can say, okay, I've got some tools, I've got some understanding, and I can go seek God and I can figure out what's holding me back and I can combat these lies. I can do the T formula thing. I can renew my mind. I can guard my mind. I can tell Sean to just go run away. Um, all these things I can do. Okay, That's what I, my hope and my prayer and my dream for all of you here and out way out there that you've gotten something here today that can start the process of changing your life around, even if it's just starting to have more abundant life or just starting to break some of the shackles, the addictions, whatever there is, getting that off of you. Or maybe it's even a bigger jump and you're like, whoa, you know, I spent some time and I figured out the lies. I, I really know, I think, what God's got for me. And now I'm going to go do it. Okay? So, thank you. Amen.